Hi there, Selena Kulkarni here with another episode of the Alternative Investing Podcast. My mission is to help business owners build high performance wealth that delivers reliable, predictable cash flow through unconventional strategies so they can fast track their path to financial freedom. Each week I share with you the strategies, expert interviews and real people's stories around the topic of wealth and financial freedom. And if you're a business owner who wants to learn more about financial freedom through alternative methods, please head over to my website, freedomwarrior.com.au, where you can access my library of articles, interviews, and programs to help you on your way to becoming more financially free. Okay, welcome back, guys. I'm very excited to be recording another episode today. Um, In this episode, what I really want to do is explain or give some depth to the understanding of what does A-grade deal flow mean? So some of you may have heard me use this in past episodes, and it's something that I think people are immediately attracted to but don't necessarily understand what it means. I kind of want to highlight what I believe to be some of the challenges that most investors face today are. Number one, Um, I think one of the big obstacles out there, particularly for younger, newer investors, is that it's really hard to distinguish between what's real and what's marketing. I also feel that there is uh, an industry that surrounds property and investing at large um, that is hell-bent on motivating us to take action through FOMO or fear of missing out. And I think that because of the fact that competition is incredibly high, that means that even if a deal is like really great, um, we don't have that time to marinate and we generally have to pull the trigger really fast. And so, you know, if I look at, you know, what is it that we really want as investors? I think, you know, what I was searching for for many years is a way, like a methodology of evaluating deals so that I could understand the difference between what was great and what wasn't. I never wanted to rush to make decisions that I hadn't thought through. So I'm assuming that that's something that a lot of other investors are looking for as well. And, you know, I want to put myself in a position where I was prepared so that before I actually found the deal or the the end investment, I knew exactly what I was looking for. So again, I imagine that's something that a lot of people are really interested in. The first point I want to really tackle today is how do you understand how to evaluate the quality of deals? Um, And this is really an important thing to understand is everyone's definition of a good deal is going to vary. So I was speaking to a really uh, successful fund manager the other day their whole strategy is based on going into unpopular areas, areas where uh, basically nobody wants to buy in those areas, finding an asset that maybe has, you know, the fundamentals of structure being good, but, you know, no one wants it because they perceive it to be a higher risk, more tricky project. And these are big commercial uh, investments, I might add. And what they do is they go in, they purchase these properties at below market value, and then they do that, you know, they hustle. They work really hard using their relationship capital to find a cornerstone tenant and then uh, get leases for the rest of the, the building. And so through that process, they've had a very successful 
um, business and a fund that they've been able to offer both cash flow and capital to investors. So that's one extreme. Um, but for the average person, they might look at that strategy and say, well, that that just doesn't work for me at all. Why would I go down that path? Um, so it's really important if I pre-qualify everything that I'm about to say with um, everybody's definition of what is an awesome deal is going to vary. So the first aspect of evaluating uh, whether a deal is for you by definition A grade or not uh, is really about knowing yourself. Like, you know, does the deal that you're looking at, does it match your risk profile? Um, you know, for example, uh, another one uh, is I speak to people all the time who are trying to chase down development deals because they perceive there to be, you know, a high return and a, and a great profit. But when it comes down to it, they don't have the skill set and the, you know, the risk profile to put up with uh, maybe the potential losses if they kind of miscalculate or get things wrong. So, you know, does it match your risk profile? The next piece is, you know, does it kind of align with the goals that you've set for yourself? So if you're someone who you recognize that the stage of the wealth journey that you're in is about building capital, are you choosing investments that align with that particular goal um, versus are you someone who's maybe much further down your investor track and you're now in a position where you just, you've got enough capital, you just really need to figure out how to take, you know, at least a percentage of your capital and have it start work harder for you. And then the, the next thing I want to really focus on when we're talking about, um, you know, really for you, what, what does a quality deal look like is how much speculation is involved. Um, is it a deal or an investment where uh, you're going to value add to the investment in order to create forced appreciation or profit upfront? Um, is it a cash flowing uh, play? Are you buying this asset for cash flow and you don't really care whether it goes up, down or sideways? Um, how much are you relying on a rising market or a you know a, a stable economic climate uh, for that investment to succeed? Uh, and you know if I explain to you, like for example, inside of our Freedom Warrior Mastermind, most of us are in a situation where we've got enough capital, we've got enough investments. What we're really trying to do is ramp up our cash flow. So the definition of uh, an A grade. Uh, quality deal um, definitely is more of the focus on cash flow. So when you put all of that together, I think it's really important to kind of start to understand when I use the, the jargon around, you know, A grade, B grade, C grade, it's, it's A grade by my definition or A grade by your definition. So, you know, it, it's really based on, you know, what you're trying to achieve, what your experience is, um, alignment with your goals, um, and then, you know, a, a reflection on, you know, how much uh, economic environment was, is going to impact. So say, for example, some of the deal makers that I work with or the, the deal architects that I work with, one of the most awesome aspects of, you know, how they operate is they're looking for uh, deals, which I can participate in as a say, for example, a passive investor, uh, an armchair investor, whether that's because I've gone through 
um, a syndication or a fund, a private fund, or I'm JVing with someone. However, I kind of structure it. I'm the I'm the you know the armchair investor. But what I'm relying on is understanding what kinds of deals I've done my due diligence on this this particular person or this group. I know exactly what kinds of deals they go for, and I'm comfortable that all of those aspects around alignment for goals, alignment for risk, and 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 all those things I just mentioned are congruent with what I want to do. And you know, even within um, Freedom Warrior, what I'm what I'm often doing is is coaching people on this idea of don't chase yield. So even though cash flow is clearly for for many of us the goal, um, I, I I encourage people to really continue to focus on diversification and not put all your um, you know money into one basket purely because it pays the highest rate of return. And I think when you've got a bit of capital behind you, you've, you can have the luxury of saying, well, you know, I'll put 20 grand there and 50 grand there and 100 grand there, and I'm going to spread the love so that I am truly diversified across geography, strategy, liquidity, and all the variables that I've talked about in, in other podcasts. But um, that, that first piece on know what you want and know who you are is a super important piece. Um, and, you know, unpacking that is not necessarily an easy exercise. And maybe the suggestion that I would have for you guys listening today is, is really at least pick those high level, uh, I, I guess, concepts like ask yourself how much risk you're prepared to take. Where are you on your wealth creation journey? So, for example, if you're someone who's, um, you know, younger, maybe you've got time to recover maybe your risk profile and your appetite for risk is, is higher than someone who's maybe uh, approaching the finish line. Like I know for, for me, um, my appetite for risk has probably diminished in recent years. I, I, I certainly don't feel like rocking the boat on anything that I'm doing. So I'm really mindful that every investment that I take on, whether it's in traditional real estate or alternative real estate, I'm always trying to make sure that there is um, congruence with all of the things I mentioned, but I'm also, I would, you know, I'm, I'm realistic now about the risk that I'm prepared to take. And to be frank, it's, I'm not prepared to put too much of my uh, capital at risk on any particular investment, no matter how lucrative it is. So that's kind of what I wanted to say about evaluating deals. I think what's really important is once you've got your parameters clear around, you know, your definition of A grade, and your definition of B grade and then C grade, um, then it starts to become easy to rule a line through things and just go, no, I'm not going to do that. It's too much risk or it's a bright, shiny object. And I know that one of the things that I was very guilty of earlier in my investing journey is being persuaded by other people's opinions on what made a good investment instead of stopping myself and saying, gee, does this investment actually make sense to what we're trying to achieve? If I had done that more often, I think we would have been, you know, four or five times ahead of where we are today. Um, so that's a really, really important piece. I think as well, the only thing I wanted to kind of touch on as well is that the word deal flow is a term that was kind of coined by investment bankers and venture capitalists. And it was a, a word that they used to describe the rate at which 
business proposals and investment opportunities are being received or available to you. So it's not meant to be a rigid measure. It's meant to be a very qualitative thing and it's meant to indicate whether, you know, the flow of opportunity that you have is good or bad. And so I know, for example, that one of the reasons that people come and join us in Freedom Warrior is they're looking for access to A-grade vetted deal flow at a high volume so that they can just cherry pick the deals that suit them at the time that they have the capital to deploy. So, um, you know, it's really important, this this concept of deal flow. Um, As an investor, what you want to be thinking about is how do I cultivate uh, better deal flow? So uh, I guess the second piece that I want to really focus on today is this idea that, it's really, really important to focus on relationship capital. Um, this is something I didn't really learn till the second half of my, uh, I guess, journey as an investor, but it was single-handedly the thing that started giving me the exponential results. You know, find a way to um, build a network of individuals uh, who have access not only to the sorts of deals that you want, but who are part of the industry, who are part of the world, who you can find ways to stay in touch and come at it from two perspectives. And this is this is actually something that uh, younger people are really hungry for this knowledge and they want to understand how to get the mentors and the, you know, the people that they can uh, learn from, but they don't necessarily know how to go about doing it. And sometimes they can be a bit ham-fisted. So I- I'm not suggesting that I'm I'm very good at this necessarily but it's something that I'm just very consistent about and so and you know I can certainly name at least half a dozen other people who are in my close circle of friends who are much better than this at you know better at this than me but you know I think when it comes to relationship building and you're you're trying to build relationships with people who are you know you know going to help you develop your you know property portfolio your wealth portfolio over the long term you have to come from a place of humility. You have to not be, uh, and and I see this occasionally, um, particularly with really um, successful uh, executives is the uh, experience where I've seen it the most, where there's a lot of bluster around, you know, how much they earn and and how successful they've been. Um, But I, I feel that if you're going to build relationships that endure, you have to come from a place of humility so, um, you know, it, it's really genuinely wanting to get to know people, understand who they are, how they achieved what they, what they did, being respectful of time, how did they source the deals. Um, and, and a lot of this information, don't feel like you've got to go to the top of the tree. You, could, you can actually join a lot of groups where you can learn this stuff. There's a lot of um, really great information out there. There's forums, there's Facebook groups. Um, you know, think about where are the people who have the results that you want, where are they hanging out? And, uh, you know, sometimes they come in peer groups that are unrelated to investing, but maybe that would be another way to think about like from a business point of view, if you're a business owner, where do the successful business owners um, that are in your world or even in your industry, where do they hang out? What are they doing? So. That's kind of what I want to say about relationship capital. But 
I guess the the final point that I want to make is that, you know, when we're talking about how do we get really good at distinguishing good deals from bad deals, I wanted to make the point that it's really important to be super careful about where you consume content. Um, and so this is my caveat over everything that I've said already, which is, you know, I, I think the media, I think the news, I think uh, wealth professionals in general, um, unfortunately have a highly vested interest in seeing the, the greater population, the masses invest in a certain way. Um, so as I said earlier, I think it makes it really tough for anyone, including me, to distinguish what's real and what's marketing. So if I, if I just wanted to share this stat with you, actually, I think this is a really interesting statistic. Um, as at uh, July 2021, 5th of July 2021, there are over 211,000 people who associate with being in the rental, hiring and real estate services space. Now, I actually think that number's underdone because it doesn't include things like uh, necessarily buyers, agents and prop other property professionals. But that is a huge percentage. It's uh, almost 1.6% of the total workforce. Um, now, you know, when you think about that, that's, that's a lot of, and I think I may have even shared a different stat in a past podcast that someone shared with me about the number of people claiming to be experts in the, in the area of, of property. Um, but, you know, a lot, you know, expand that out and think about when you take in everyone around the associated wealth industry, which could include insurance brokers, mortgage brokers, all of that, it, it's a huge percentage of our population. So, um, you know, with residential real estate dominating all forms of investment uh, in this part of the world, in, in Australia and New Zealand, uh, it's really, really important to recognise uh, where your information comes from. Um, look for as much independent data as you can versus opinion and learn to pull those two things apart and then use the, that sort of stuff to make informed decisions. Um, you know, I, I've said this before, it's not as if building wealth needs a lot of time but it certainly needs an awareness and a desire to be the person who's in control of the decisions that affect you and your family for the rest of your life. So guys, yeah, look, understanding what a grade deal flow means is really important. Figure out uh, what your risk profile is and therefore what investments fit inside that and then carve that down even further to figure out which styles of investing and which strategies are in alignment with the objectives that you have and the, the current environment. Anyway, guys, till next time, um, hope you found this useful. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the Alternative Investing Podcast. If you're a business owner feeling frustrated that despite doing everything right in the property investing playbook and you're no closer to financial freedom, then head over to freedomwarrior.com.au to learn more about how you can use alternative investments to catapult your investing income and blend strategies to shave decades off your timeline to financial freedom. Till next time, take care. See you on the next episode and bye for now.